0: listening to another episode of the zag Eric sobe here joined by a current fellow 2022 nlc la fellow jorge chavez is here we'll catch up with him see what he's thinking about with institute closing out as we wrap up that experience and also hear about life as an elected official thanks for tuning in let's get to it yeah on the home stretch with institute uh what do you think about the experience so far since you started in january of this year
1: yeah, for, uh, first off, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a great, great opportunity. Appreciate uh, having the chance to, to to be on the podcast. Uh, Institute, been phenomenal. Loved every second of it. Um, this last weekend, got to hear about identity and branding. Um, and I can honestly say it was my favorite so far. Um, but so far, it's been it's an amazing program, amazing fellowship. And, uh, you know, we're all, we're more than halfway through.
0: Yeah, it's always interesting, too, when we have folks in the political world in the cohort. And sometimes, you know, in the past, we've had folks who are elected officials as well, like yourself. So give folks the scoop maybe on where you serve presently, what community, and how long you've been uh, in that role.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, I ran for office in November of 2020. That's when I got elected. Uh, I serve in my community that that saw me grow, uh, City of Bell Gardens in southeast L.A., about maybe 15 minutes away from downtown L.A. Um, but, um, it's a, it's a, it's really close to my heart, my community, um, and, uh, graduated from the high school here. I serve as the youngest council member in LA County, got elected when I was 23, now I'm 24. Um, and, uh, you know, just trying to inspire others and, and hopefully give back. Right. Uh you know, I always tell folks, you know, the easy thing is getting elected. The hard part is governing, right? So, <laughs> you know, this is, this is where it comes to, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping that the Institute, you know, with the, with the fellowship, with the cohort that we got,
0: um, you know, kind of perhaps give my tune in here or there. And had you already decided you wanted to run before the pandemic hit, or is that something that happened after March, 2020?
1: I think it it was, it was a mixed bag. Um, you know, during that time I was in school, I went to, I went to community college, Long Beach city college, graduated in 2018 with my AAs, transferred over to USC and, Mm -hmm. um, at USC, I was doing a bachelor's and a master's program at the same time. And, um, you know the pandemic. You know had us all locked locked up here at home, and uh, you know I figured, you know what, might as well start trying to plan something. And uh, you know I managed to raise six thousand bucks and knocked on every single door I could here in my community. About 40, 41 out of the sixty two streets that there are here, I knocked on myself and rode my skateboard all around town and uh, really try to make that pitch about trying to, you know, just trying to do things what's right, right. Um, and ran on responsibility, integrity, transparency, and still to this day I hold up those values.
0: In terms of being the youngest elected in LA County that work in your advantage as you were talking to people were people more skeptical because of the age you had to win them over. How did that actually play out when you're talking to folks? So there's a younger electeds in positions. So for example, there's a, another elected,
1: I think from Santa Clarita, hmm. um, his name is Sebastian Caseras. I think he got elected at 19 to his oh, board wow. of trustees <laughs> or community college. Yeah. Um, and right now he goes to UCLA. Um, And uh, he's, I remember I saw his campaign and uh, it was great. He also got elected in 2020. um, And, uh, you know, so I serve as the youngest council member with that title uh, Mm -hmm. throughout First Cities and and, and, uh, throughout the county. But um, I know he's the youngest elected in general. So, um, but there's a bunch of elected, there's a bunch of Generation Z electeds up and down the state. And there's actually, we're actually all in pretty, pretty good communication. We all text back and forth. We'll hop on a FaceTime call every once in a while uh and try to keep each other accountable right trying to guide each other but when it comes to conversations with other folks uh i'll tell you at times it's a, it's a bit intimidating um because um this is a new space um and uh, not to say that those folks aren't are used to having younger folks on on the, uh, having a seat at that table but this that's primarily a reason why a lot of us rat to make sure we have a seat at that table and uh, we're giving our perspective things that pro- perhaps aren't even thought about right so um you know, that's just those are just some of the things that we constantly have to overcome when we when we are at that table.
0: When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about elected life, a little bit more about Bell Gardens. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Zag. We'll be right back. Yeah, South LA is such an interesting part of of the the city. Uh, you know, I work with schools in that area in Maywood, Huntington Park, uh, Bell, Cudahy. And it's been such an interesting experience to see the community evolve and change. I guess over the last 10 years, I've been working there. What do you feel like are the number one priorities for the council or what you're hearing the most about from constituents who want you and the council to work on?
1: You know, it's, it's funny because yesterday we just had a council meeting um, mm. and uh, I was pushing for rent freeze. Um, okay. You know, I didn't, I, you know we've, we've been working with the tenants union here in my community, the Unión de Vecinas, uh, uh, tenants union um, made up mostly by women. Uh, trying to advocate for rent control. You know, before the pandemic hit in January, 2020, I was a volunteer with the Unión de the, the Vecinas. I remember meeting and trying to uh, organize outside of Starbucks, just trying to figure out how we were going to strategize to go about making sure that rent control was a reality. Uh, so since then, you know, I obviously ran for office, got in, and uh, main priority, one of my main priorities, trying to get the, trying to get rent control in my community. So for the last couple of months, I'd say close to a year, Uh, There's been an ad hoc, and there's been workshops done, and we brought in experts. And um, finally, to this point, uh, two weeks ago, we finally touched the topic as a council as a whole to be able to discuss it. I gave direction with specific provisions that included creating a rent board, uh, make sure that we look at just cause, um, and uh, ultimately bring forward rent control, uh, a certain cap in terms of how much a landowner or a property can raise on tenants. Uh, stronger than than the state law, right? So a lot of folks say that we already have state rent control, but it's more like just uh, anti-gouging um, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these folks. So um, that's been one of my main priorities. And I advocated for a rent freeze in the meantime when we do get a rent control ordinance permanently here in our city. Um, I, was, I was sort of surprised, but uh, I am really glad that um, my council, all five of us unanimously supported a rent freeze. Um, and uh, I've been contacted by media and, and it's just it's a lot you know it's a, it's a huge thing for southeast l.a my community is 80 percent renters close to 80 uh-huh. percent renters right yeah. so it would just make sense that we'd have rent control by now but you know if you look at you know you mentioned other communities kind maywood Hinden park bell um you know a lot of smaller cities all throughout southeast l.a and you know we're all not too different you know all of our communities hard-working people people of color low income putting in work day in and day out trying to put food at the table and like I said in one of my interviews, I started with Telemundo, I said, you know, this is going to alleviate some stress from our families instead of having to pick between putting food on the table or putting a shelter over their family's head, right? So for the, at least for the next ninety days, this rent freeze is in effect. It took effect immediately, and um, and uh, hopefully, you know, between now and then, we have an
0: official rent control ordinance here in our city. The last thing I wanted to ask you about, I feel like serving as an elected, especially on, on councils that are a little bit smaller, and, and I'm drawing on some of my neighborhood council experience in the last couple of years, too. The actual meetings themselves, even when they were virtual, have taken on a different intensity. Uh, public comment tends to bring out more more strident folks, more more polarized folks who are, are bringing in a lot of things they read on next door apps or citizen apps and those kind of things, and really, really coming in hot when they're talking to elected officials. I was curious if you we're experiencing that too if there's anything that has has surprised you about the the actual kind of meeting structure itself and and if you feel like that is something that that is sustainable over time or is there any kind of hope for those meetings maybe having a little more civility? what's your take and read on that
1: you know th- this whole you know meeting virtually I've been advocating to to have our chamber open again um, I brought up that item for the past month um, I brought it up, asking that that our council consider having opening opening the chamber uh, to allow folks in public to be able to make their public comments. Staff has been in favor. Um, I don't think staff can be in favor, but staff said that they can definitely accommodate. There's definitely enough mask hand sanitizer spacing. You name it, we can definitely fit folks there, uh, evenly spread. If we wanted to follow that protocol, um, you know, recently we just heard that we can now travel without you know mask or, with the with the mask. You know, we I was just on a plane a week ago. Um, going to Chicago, and I did see some folks without masks on the plane now. Um, so you know, we're certainly seeing starting to see this. Uh, I mean, we we saw we saw it with uh, with other electeds when there was a Super Bowl game. We heard about all, we all heard about that one. Um, so you know, I I think that it's uh, it's something that when it comes to civic engagement, making sure that our community is well informed and educated when it comes to the to decisions that we're making at the table. Um, I think there's a part where we all have to we all have to tailor it whether it's uh, as electeds through our social media and making sure that we're, we're providing transparent uh, fact information to our residents. Um, Usually what I would do is just go live. Uh, I'll go live on on Instagram or or on Facebook and just kind of give a sense of what I'm up to. Um, That's just a little bit more of how I function. I know my other colleagues might be a little bit more hesitant to do that. Uh, But for me, it's always about, you know, I ran on one of the values being transparency Um, and I tell folks, look, Uh, When I ran for office, uh, my cell phone was on my, on my banners uh, on the little flyer I gave you. It's still the same number. Give me a call. Let's have a conversation. Invite me over. uh, And, and I want to walk the street that you're talking about. I want to see what the problems are. Uh, Not just that, but I'll document it and I'll send it directly to the city manager so that we can get on top of it. So, um, you know. We'll, we'll see moving forward, but I think it's a little bit outdated, but uh, there's definitely tweaks that we could do here or there, but we obviously have to follow the provisions of Robert's rules and, and whatnot.
0: Appreciate you giving that insight. And if folks wanted to follow the, the action in, in Southeast LA and in, in Bell Gardens specifically, what's kind of the best way for folks to keep tab on the work that you're doing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. They could follow me on social media. Uh, luckily, all my my Twitter handle, my Instagram handle, my Facebook handle, my LinkedIn, even if they want to connect with me, it's all the same. Uh, it's mm. just uh, Jorge Chavez uh, and the letter D at the end. So um, Jorge, spelled uh, Jorge, but with an L, uh, J-O-R-G-E-L.
0: Chavez spelled the regular
1: way, C-H-A-V-E-Z and the letter D at the end. So
0: D. Awesome. Sounds good. We'll put that in the info of this episode as well folks want to click on that and follow along thanks so much for coming on thanks so much everyone for listening to this episode make sure to catch all past episodes all the places you get your podcasts put up some good ones in the last couple weeks of alumni from nlc across the country doing important new leader works to check it out and until next time then we will catch you soon